You're listening to the Broncos Audio Zone. And thank you for joining us here on the Neutral Zone. I'm Phil Milani. We've got a great show in store for you as we wrap up Vic Fangio's day after press conference. The Broncos falling 23-3 to against the Kansas City Chiefs. Joining me in studio, my partner in crime, my sidekick, my everything, at Eric Dalala. I got a promotion. Yeah. I was just thinking about, you know. All the times we've been through. <laughs> yeah. It's true. The many trips to Kansas City coming back, just defeated with only each other to boost our spirits. I am still winless against the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. Nine consecutive losses for the Broncos. Nine times. Nine. Um, so we'll take you through Vic Fangio's day after press conference. But before we jump into that, let's uh, also introduce those joining us here in the studio. Once again, trying out for the role of podcast supervisor. Ben Swanson. Uh, someone told me I actually won the the job. So who who would have told you that? Uh, was that Eric? It was, uh, oh no, I don't think so. You have to talk into the microphone. It was a, That's a, yeah, maybe that was a dream you had. <laughs> no, unfortunate though. <laughs> I don't dream about this podcast. <laughs> but keep up the good work, though, and um, you know, down the road we'll see what happens. That's the kind of job security you live for. <laughs> uh, also in studio, our intern extraordinaire, Emily Samanskis. Hello. Hello. I'm happy to be back. I'm glad I got asked back after my rendition of <laughs> Be Our Guest. That was the best rendition. Thank you. At least at this podcast. Disney, is yeah, Disney rendition on the neutral zone. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Emily, um, what was it like watching the game back at home? Very comfortable. It was warm nice and dry. At home. Emily did not make the trip to Arrowhead. Smart. Very smart. Yeah. It was still disappointing. Probably less so. But. Let's, let's just say that uh, my hair, <laughs> it had a day. Doesn't it always? Mm, usually it's perfect on game day. I was having a nice time until a snowblower pushed some snow <laughs> up my leg. Yeah, we were doing our... Uh, pregame show out on the field 90 minutes before kickoff and uh that's when they just decided maybe we'll stuff fire up the snow blowers up until that point it was nice out there it was nice and not only did they fire up the snow blowers phil but they decided to pause for yeah right next several to minutes right behind us as yeah, we were thought, recording that was a little bit strange and they were just blowing snow into my ankle up my pant leg i didn't yeah. enjoy it yeah a tough day for all of broncos country that's true. Really? I mean... Uh, we all took an L. Uh, but maybe the person who was uh, most upset about the loss was Vaughn Miller, who walked into the press conference room and did not wait for questions. Instead, he had an opening statement. Tough loss. Um, it's hard. I really don't even... I really don't even know what to say. You know, I don't know how we got to this point. You know, I don't know why, I don't know why we went in like this. I really don't know what to say it's tough you know it's tough being where we at and it's tough being you know 30 years old and you know going out there with a with whatever issues I'm dealing with and, and still coming up so short and um it's tough playing nine years with with Chris Harris and you know um 
these it's tough dealing with these last couple ones, especially with um the type of standard that we had whenever we came into to the league. You know, we went to the playoffs five games straight. And I know I'm getting ahead of myself, and you know, it's talking about more than just the game, but it's just it's just tough. I I'm really lost for words. Eric, I know that you and I were both in there, and when he started talking like that, I think everybody in the room sort of just paused and was like, "Whoa." Who let you in there? No, I'm always in there. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I certainly wasn't expecting that when Vaughn walked to the podium, especially because a lot of times after losses this year, he's been upbeat saying, hey, we'll get back after it. I'm going to keep working hard. We got some young guys. Something struck a chord with Vaughn, and he uh, seemed like he'd had enough. Yeah, he, he seemed very upset after the game and was like he mentioned reflecting on more than just the game he mentioned chris playing with him for nine years and that he was 30 years old and uh, i mean i don't know what to make of it do you read too much into this or do you just say hey the guy was emotional after the game or well uh vic and i'm sure we'll hear from him momentarily kind of attributed it to being emotional and frustrated but I was asking what you thought about it. I know. Well, I was mentioning what Vic said, and then I was going to go. So you're just repeating what's going to happen later in the show? Is it okay if I just talk? Okay. I think that Vaughn has a different perspective on the game probably than a lot of the young guys because Drew Locke was saying, hey, we're going to bounce back from this. We are a few plays away. Cortland Sutton and Philip Lindsay have talked about how they're going to be able to beat the Chiefs eventually and how they got to keep working. They've never been to that mountaintop, so to speak, so they're still working to try to get there. I think there's a different feeling when you're like Vaughn and you've been there, you've been the Super Bowl MVP, you've been in the playoffs every year, and now you kind of have to live with the opposite, and the climb back is really slow, and Vaughn, it seems like, doesn't enjoy that uh, climb, and maybe it's uh, magnified for him because he's seen what it's like when you can be really good. And him and Chris are like one of the few guys who've lived every single one of those nine losses to the Chiefs. So, one, you know, nine in a row to one team, it can kind of play with your mind a little bit. Whereas maybe some of these younger guys, they're starting to understand what this rivalry is about and they don't feel so, you know, down about it because they're just like, oh, this was just one loss on the road. But for a guy like Vaughn, he's played in all nine of those games. Right, and some of these guys, I mean, they not that you ever want to get used to losing, but like Philip Lindsay lost at CU, and Cortland Sutton, I think, lost at SMU. Drew Locke lost at Missouri. So it, it's not the same, like they weren't coming from an Alabama or a Clemson or an Ohio State where you're used to that championship mindset. And so I think to some degree, because Vaughn and Chris were al- around that for, what, the first five years of their careers here, it's they became so accustomed to it that, this is harder for them. Yeah, but I mean, this is how it's been for four years. It's not like all of a sudden this this happened. You know, what do you think it was about this game that set him off like this? I think Vaughn's just an optimist, and so he thinks like, hey, Drew Locke's playing really well these last two games. We're going to go in there. We're going to beat him, and somehow everything's going to go right, and we're going to make the playoffs, or, you know, we're going to show that next year we can compete for a division title in a Super Bowl. But that's where I think that the – Vaughn's mindset is a little bit off because this team isn't far off for, from competing for a playoff berth, I don't think. If Drew continues to play the way he has, you know, the, those first two games, obviously, he didn't play quite as well against Kansas City. But if he plays that way, they add some more pieces, they could end up 7-9, and nine, Phil, and that means that 
a couple more go your way, you're nine and seven, you could be looking at a wild card. To me, you have to view that as progress and that as the the next step. Whereas it seems like anything less than a Super Bowl to Vaughn is failure. Well, I would say this, you know, you can, you don't want to get too down after just one game, but I will say heading into the game, there was a lot of optimism and people were sort of thinking, look, the Chiefs have won this division the last several years. This is a good chance for us to measure where we are as a Broncos team. And the Broncos found out they're still pretty far off from where the Chiefs are. And if the goal is to win the division, they're not quite there just yet. But the goal, I think, should be make the playoffs. And if you do that, whether you do that by winning the division or getting a wild card spot, it's a good step in the right direction regardless. I mean, we see teams all the time take that first step from out of the playoffs to the wild card. Then the next year they win the division. Maybe you you lose in the playoffs again, and then maybe you take that next step to the Super Bowl. I mean, it's happened time and time again. I don't think that's how football people think. I mean, do you think Vaughn thinking about his age kind of plays into it? That's what I was going to say. I think that um, it could hint to what he's thinking heading into the offseason a little bit. I mean, he talked about term. Yeah, he said, you know, it's hard. I'm I'm 30 years old. I'm dealing, you know, with what I'm dealing with this season. Alluding to injuries. Yeah, injuries. But when you think about that and you think about your age and as a player, the older you get, you might be dealing with more injuries with each year and – and you know, he said making that he should those be in a steps prime. can be kind of kind of difficult. I don't know. Yeah, he also said that he thinks that he's in his prime, and these these are his prime years, and that almost not wasting them, but like, hey, this is he wants to get back to that again, and he just seemed really uh, right. I don't disagree with his sentiment. I just think that if he thinks this team is going to jump from, like, I think he might have been a little bit unrealistic thinking that you're going to jump from where you are now, going five and eleven, ten and six, seven and nine. To winning the Super Bowl next year. It's far more realistic to think that this team can take a step to compete for a wild card berth, and then the year after that, maybe you're competing for the division. I mean, that that's not what people want to hear, but that's realistic. And so I think that the younger guys understand that. I mean, look at Baltimore. Like last year, they made the playoffs for the first time in a while. They played their playoff game against the Chargers and lost. And this year, they're the one seed, and they look tremendous. Yeah, it's just I mean, another year of developing, and so I think the Broncos have to go through. They're on the right track. I don't think that some people think that there's no direction. I think that they're pointed upward and they're trending in the right direction. But to think that you're going to jump from that to winning the Super Bowl in one year, I think that's a little unrealistic. Uh, here's what Fangio thought about Von Miller's comments. You know, I just think he's the frustration. Um, you know, of losing to those guys again and. Going through, he's been here the last uh, four years now to where it hadn't been a winning season. But he's been a positive influence and a positive part of this team. And that, you know, I don't, that will continue. I just think it's more frustration. And you definitely are way more emotional right after a game. So I do tend to agree that with Fangio that it's just frustration after that. But I do think that there might be something to him mentioning Chris by name and mentioning his age that where he's just thinking – more future and what what being officially eliminated from the playoffs means and if there's going to be some changes coming this offseason. Sure, of course. I agree that he's probably thinking about his future. He's played with Chris a long time. Chris might Chris's contract expires and he might not be back. Derek Wolf's contract is up. He might not be back. You know, 
it's just something that he's, I mean, if the Broncos were to make the playoffs next year as a wild card, wouldn't you deem that a successful season? Yeah, I think so. But I think that heading into every year, the first goal is always win the division. I, I do think that that's how a lot of people think. You know, let's win the division. Let's win the conference. Let's win the Super Bowl. That, that's how they right, approach Right, but as things. you're looking at it at the end of the season, fast forward a year, the Broncos make it to a wild card game in our competitive. That's a successful season, I think. Yeah, I mean, after four years of not being there, just to get into the tournament is... Right, get yes, some experience a, for the young guys. Yes, and anything could happen once you get in. So, But, but it doesn't seem to me, at least hearing Vaughn, that if you were to say, hey, Vaughn, next year we go to the playoffs and we lose in our first playoff game. I don't think he would deem that a successful season. I think that he could do that. If he had a good year himself personally and then the team took a significant jump, I think he would be okay with that. I think it's just a constant losing, and especially to the Chiefs, but the, that makes the, it I tough. Mean, he was saying stuff like, we've got to win one play, we've got to win one quarter, we've got to win one game. The Broncos had won two in a row, and they just beat a really good Texans team on yeah. the road that's going to win the division, you he, know? He also said, like, we've tried everything. We've brought in different coaches. We've changed players. He's like, we changed schemes. He, he just seemed puzzled. And I don't know about you, but it felt like Vaughn has sort of been mentally, at least with the press, in a different mindset this year, all year long, really. Would you agree? He's just a little all over the place. Yeah, like that one. What what week was it when he just got up to the box and said one thing and then walked off? You know, and then I think that was before Jacksonville. Yeah, and then there was a couple of other times where he said some things this well, year. Well, post game he's been consistently like, "Hey, positive. I got to help these young guys." Yeah, um, and he is like that in the locker room with those guys. I mean, he's always fun and joking, and you know, he's sort of a practical jokester in there. I just think that he's got to realize that the transformation isn't going to happen overnight. And I'm sure that's difficult when you feel yourself getting older and you think, Hey, I don't have that many more seasons left. You know, like even if he thinks, Hey, I'm going to play five more years. If you realize it's going to take another two to even be a legitimate contender for the conference, that's tough to come to terms with. And he, he did say that he thought that uh, Drew Locke was the future, even though Locke had a uh, tough homecoming back in Kansas City. Vic Fangio was asked about that and whether or not he thinks this upcoming week against the Lions is a good opportunity for Locke to bounce back. I mean, every week's a, a new adventure, and it's a week to go out and play and um, grow and hopefully play good and uh, – Get us to a win. Every week is indeed an adventure, Eric. Uh, Locke, not the greatest game uh, back playing in front of his uh, hometown. Had about 50 friends and family there. Uh, Eight of 40. 18. 18 of 40. Wow, it wasn't that bad. Eight would be bad. 18 of 40. Uh, He did have the one interception in the end zone. I liked how he handled himself post-game, though. He said, look, this is on me. It didn't matter that this was a homecoming. I would have been upset if I played like this against anybody. I I, I like that he wasn't assigning blame, but um, definitely a tough go of things against the really improved Chiefs defense. Yeah, he didn't look as good as he looked in Houston, obviously. Probably closer to his first start. Uh, He missed some throws, had some throws dropped. Had some penalties, take back some gains. You know, obviously a bad interception there. The uh, O-line had a the tough, third quarter, tough day. Of course, yeah. 
And then I think something Vic said was that because the Chiefs kept scoring, they scored on their first five drives, and the Broncos were only able to score three points in the first half. The whole game, but you know, the first half is kind of when it got out of hand that the Broncos had to keep throwing the ball. And so even though they didn't run the ball very well to begin with, they lost all sort of any sort of a balance that they could have had that could have helped Drew out. Um, and so that's where it became kind of problematic. But Vic said after the game, Drew didn't get frustrated. He didn't get discouraged. He kept trying to lead him to drives. There were there were still some nice throws. I mean, that throw to Noah Fant on fourth and one was a nice throw down the sideline. A great play call by uh, Skingarello there. Um, I'll say I'll just say this: this this is the kind of game where this is why you're playing Drew Locke right now is to learn and go through some of these things. As the Broncos sit here, at, they were five and eight with an outside chance of the playoffs, but not really. So the fact that he's just getting this experience now, learning through these things. Look, this is going to happen to every young quarterback. They're going to have a few of these games, and for him to be able to go through that now and hopefully learn from these things and bounce back, I think that that's why he's playing to finish up the season. Agree for two reasons. One is that while everyone's upset about the game yesterday, if Drew comes home and plays well against the Lions and then the Raiders to finish the season and he finishes 4-1 and one in his five games, everyone's going to feel great about him. Because the second part of that is that it's hard to win an arrowhead no matter if you're a rookie or any other quarterback. And the Broncos, as we know, have had a tough time in arrowhead in general, especially late in the season. And there's no reason that looking ahead to next year, say that even if Drew is better and improves, a loss in arrowhead wouldn't, it doesn't end your season or any of your goals. You know, they've got to be better in other games, but just because you lose in a really tough place to play against a good team, you know, teams lose on the road to good teams all the time. I just think that part of it is magnified because they've lost nine in a row to the Chiefs. And uh, it was noted that, look, it's not just one person out there. It's a whole offense. you got to have more than just a quarterback out there. I think the alarming thing for some fans is that Locke's accuracy was a little bit off on on several throws and th- that was the knock on him coming out of college is that some of these things some of these little throws he can't quite hit and that's because maybe some of his mechanics are off but uh Scangarello said that he'd been working on his mechanics and things are improving there and when you're playing in snow and tough conditions maybe your base isn't what you would hope for it to be maybe you can drive some of those throws it definitely showed up on that Noah Fant interception where he's falling back when he's throwing that. He's trying to throw it across the field in snow, and he he doesn't plant and drive through the football there. And, of course, that's a play that he'd love to have back. But I think that that might be some of the things that he needs to work on, and I think he would even admit that, look, these are areas I need to grow in. Those showed up. Well, I mean, part of it is that he had a guy in his face the whole game and so it's harder to step up in the pocket when the pocket looked like it did on Sunday so I think that the first few games when he had time to throw his mechanics were good because you know you're not feeling that pressure the Chiefs brought they blitzed a lot and so I think that that probably added to hey him scrambling around a little bit him getting out of the pocket him trying to keep a play alive and then either getting sacked or throwing an you know an errant pass I mean, and that's what that throw came down to, the interception. He's trying to make something happen 
down 20 points that he shouldn't have done. Yeah. But at that point in the game, it's hard to, I don't, if that, if that interception had happened on the first drive, I would have a much bigger problem with it than I do at that point in the game. Yeah, exactly. He's just trying to spark his team. And look, I think it's all about how he rebounds from this game for me. And I liked how he talked about it in the, in the, his uh, post game press conference and, I think that he's a really competitive kid and he's got a lot of confidence and he's going to continue to grow from this. And so it would be great if he was able to come back and have a nice bounce back game this week against the Lions. I mean, I know you don't like stats. I love stats. But the Lions are I love the stats. second worst passing defense in the NFL. So that seems like a good recipe to potentially bounce back. Potentially. Don't potentially. think there's going to be snow this weekend. I actually think that the forecast may be right around 60 degrees. So I think that would confirm no snow. Yeah, that would be kind of if weird. If it's that warm. That would yeah. be weird. Maybe we could bring some snow. I don't know about just be rain. you, Eric, but it was coming down in Kansas City. You don't know about me. Well, you were in the press. <laughs> well, oh, I guess you were, you were doing some other stuff. Yeah. TBA. TBA to be yeah, announced. I can't really talk about what you were doing yes, during I, the game. I dealt with the elements for about three quarters. Let me tell it you. It was coming down, wasn't it's it? Night, it's a lot cozier up in the press box than it is... It's, you know, it, out in the hinterland. It probably snowed about, what, seven inches? I think that's a stretch. Uh, I think that because in on certain areas in the sideline, it was piling up. Was that where they were shoveling the no. snow? Yeah. Well, no, it, it was, was not. All at once, too. <laughs> no, you know it was saying? area where they had not cleared anything. I would guess about four inches. Disagree. And also, after the game, it took forever to get to the airport. That's true. Imagine if you were a, I saw Mitchell Schwartz. Their tackle. He tweeted that it took him ninety minutes to get home, and then none of the roads were plowed. Yeah, it was a it was a tough trek out to the airport, and then once the Broncos got to the airport, we took off right of, away. A lot of de-icing. That's true, but it was a miracle we got even out of there. Well, there was one stretch of the drive back where we went up a pretty nice hill that was covered in snow. It did not sound like the bus was going to make it to the top. There were cars on the side of the road, like that had spun out and on the road. So. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. Anyway, hopefully Locke bounces back with the no snow. No snow. No, no problems. Nice. Um, the offense wasn't the only side that had a difficult time in Kansas City. Vic Fangio explains what happened with the defense. We had a hard time covering their guys, you know, both in man and zone. And, you know, they just threw, threw it too efficiently and well in the game. Hard time covering them. That is accurate. And when you can't cover them in man or zone, that's tough because those are your two options. Patrick Mahomes' stat line, 27 of 34, 340 yards, two touchdowns, and, of course, one interception. I was worried about his mechanics. Oh, yeah, I don't know. They look just fine to me. The mechanics argument. Ugh. 27 of like 34 it. is, a, is a accurate. It's true. It's better than 8 of 40, according to you. <laughs> it is. It is. Uh, the bright side on the defensive side of the ball, Justin Simmons, his fourth interception this season. That is a new career high for Justin Simmons. Four interceptions. He looked good. Yeah. Had a uh, a tough helmet-to-helmet call there at he the did. end of the first half. He did. Uh, I think somebody mentioned to Vic Fangio today in his press conference that that was, in fact, a bad call coach. Coach. A bad call or a bad call coach? Bad call, comma, coach. Got it. I believe that was our friend Michael Kliss. Michael Kliss, yeah. 
Uh, the other thing worth noting, Travis Kelsey. Oof. Four consecutive 1,000-yard seasons, the first tight end ever to do that. Did they put him on that NFL 100 team? They did not. But he probably deserved a spot. Will be, will be. Anybody uh, else who didn't get a place on that? Shannon Sharp denied, which is ridiculous. I just don't know what the point of a of a top 100 team is if you're not going to include transformational type players. What, Go off on them. Why pick Why pick five tight ends when you know there's no clear cutoff point between. Four Fifth and sixth. It's just random. I heard he well, wasn't even sixth. It's just random. <laughs> I heard he was like 11th. No, you didn't. You didn't hear any of that. <laughs> the tight ends that were chosen, oh. Mike Ditka, Tony Gonzalez. Okay. That's fine. That's fine. Rob Gronkowski. Yeah. Kellen Winslow. Mm. You rubbed about that one? John well, Mackey. This, here's the thing. I don't want to knock any of those guys. I, I just want to hype up Shannon Sharp. John Tell Mackey me. was a unanimous player selection. There's, a, there's an award named after that guy. Yeah. So that's a good guy to have on your list. So do you think like yeah. maybe they just needed they didn't have enough tight end spots? I mean, I don't for know, the NFL one hundred, you only have a hundred total roster spots. When Shannon Sharp retired, he set the all time record for most receptions by a tight end, most touchdowns by a tight end, and I also believe receiving yards by a tight end. Is that good or is that? Do you want the first player? In, is that nice? I'm all for Shannon. You, I'm all for Shannon being on the like, team. But I'm talking about the best. Do you want the ever first guy his position when he decided to not play? You know, when the first tight end retired, he probably also had the most receiving yards. Ch- there would be no Tony Gonzalez without Shannon Sharp. There'd be no Shannon Sharp without whoever was the first tight end. Paul Smith. You're just trying Phil, to get me worked Phil, up. Yeah, Phil's got this Please look in his eyes. He had, he had one career catch <laughs> for seven yards. Let's get back to uh, <laughs> the Broncos' defense. Uh, Are you it shaking? Seems like, it seems like uh, Andy Reid, for whatever reason, knows how to just press the buttons and get that offense cooking against the Broncos' defense. Yeah, I mean, people kind of downplayed the defensive line injuries ahead of the game, I think in part because... The Chiefs' running game wasn't all that great. But part of where the defensive line had been good with Derek Wolf, especially was the pass rush, and Draymond Jones was starting to come on. And so there wasn't enough pressure on Patrick Mahomes, and so he was able to just sit back there and pick the Broncos apart. And some of the injuries in the secondary, you know, started to, I think, show the impact they had. Like Will Parks was in coverage a couple times on guys that, you know, maybe at the beginning of the season you wouldn't have him cover and that's what, to me, the story of this game is that earlier in the year when the Broncos were at full health and the Chiefs were at full health, you know, I thought it didn't turn out this way, but like it could be competitive because of that. But the Chiefs' depth is just really impressive. You know, even if Tyreek's not out there, Sammy Watkins, McCole Hardman, that's Sean saying, McCoy, like, they, they have weapons everywhere. They were just, uh, they were calling plays that were in particular, putting a lot of stress on maybe the weakest part of the Broncos' defense. So, Which is, what are you saying? I don't know. Travis Kelsey had a huge day, and then they, got, they hit a couple over the top. Like, just wherever it felt like maybe there was some weakness, boom. I mean, they were throwing passes to Blake Bell. And, and their guys, a lot of time, were wide open. That guy has 35 catches in his career. Yeah. Uh, I, it seems it'll be interesting to see how Vic Fangio adjusts after playing two games here against the Chiefs next season. Maybe if he 
has maybe some uh, different scheme things that he might want to try out. Well, I think he and John Elway have both talked about, I mean, John in particular said this before Vic was hired, but we want to get a coach to stay here for several years so that you can start drafting players, start picking players in free agency that fit their system. And so I think we saw some of those guys come in this year, particularly Kareem Jackson, and they drafted well, I think, guys that fit fit Vic's system. But another year of that, you get some more guys that fit with what Vic wants to do, good tacklers, quick guys. And I think that is what will start helping. I don't think – I mean, Vic's scheme has worked over the last 30 years. Yeah, I don't think I, that needs an upgrade. I'm just saying in particular against the Chiefs, maybe they're he's just, just really going to adjust some things is what I'm, what I'm saying. Not a whole revamp of everything he's done over his career. Oh, I understand that. I just think a lot of it just has to do with they're really talented. Yeah, and he did – Vic did say that, look, at some point you just got to say, hey, they played really well. But uh, if the goal is to get through this Kansas City Chiefs team, they're going to have to start – like this, this was happening when Peyton Manning was here. Other teams were like, okay, well, we've got to start drafting and adjusting and building our team so that we can beat this guy. And so that eventually the Broncos are going to have to say, look, we got to get through this Kansas City team. We're going to have to start drafting guys who can shut down Travis Kelsey. But, or we're going to have to find like the fastest defensive back there is so that we can keep up with Tyreek Hill. They're just going to have to do something so that they can adjust to match up better here because – they got to find a way to beat the Chiefs. I mean, the last few years, they've been really close to doing it at home, with the exception of this year. I mean, 2016, they were right there. 2017, they were right there. Last year, they had them beat. And, you know, at the very end of the game, the Chiefs are able to squeak out a win. And to me, if you're able to split with the Chiefs, that's all you need to do. You don't need to sweep the Chiefs every year in order to win the division. If you split with them and you take care of business at home and then you you play well in your other games, you're fine. And so I wouldn't overreact to one game. You know, they've been competitive against this team before. Uh, what was the combined score this season? It was not good. It was not good. So last year was different than this year. This year they did not match up well against the Chiefs. They're going to have to figure out a way to somehow do that a little bit better next year. And, and maybe the answer is, look, we got an offense that's going to be able to put up a ton of points and they're going to be able to hang with the Chiefs. I mean, maybe that's the answer. Maybe you're not having to draft guys that are direct matchup to matchup kind of players, but maybe you say, look, this year in the two games against the Chiefs, the Broncos scored a combined nine points. No matter what you do on the defensive side, that's not going to get it done. So maybe the answer is let's bring in some more explosive guys of our own. Right, but making the offense better, that's not just a Chiefs thing. That's just a make your team better. Yeah, but I don't, I don't think you need to look at the Chiefs and say, how do we beat this one team? Of course, but if you figure out a way to beat the That's Chiefs, you're, you're going to be, if you can figure out a way to beat the Chiefs, you're going to start beating a lot of teams. So it doesn't really, if you both, just both build ways a better team, you'll beat the Chiefs. A better team that matches up against them better. Wouldn't worry okay. about that. They're going to have to do something to be able to beat this team. That's all I'm saying. Anyway. Enough with that, uh, with the Broncos loss there. Let's talk about a couple of positives. One of the positives all season long for this Broncos team has been Cortland Sutton. I just think he's grown, you know, right from the start. You know, I think him back to OTAs. He's grown from there, you know, kept growing in training camp. He's grown throughout the season, hadn't hit a lull, you know, just keeps going. And he's a competitor, and with his talent, 
coupled with his competitiveness, he should keep improving. And that's one of the things I really like about Cortland Sutton is his competitive nature. I mean, against the Chiefs last on Sunday, he caught a pass near the sideline and then stood up and did the sort of the peace out sign that Tyreek Hill likes to do. He did that toward the Chiefs bench, and I like that. I, I like that he's a fiery guy. He plays with a lot of emotion, and I think that uh, that's a positive for the Broncos to have a guy who's just willing to do whatever it takes to win. Yeah, he's playing well. I mean, that's really all there is to it. He's been good all season. He's proven he's a number one guy, over 1,000 yards. And if he takes another step next year, he's going to be one of the best guys in the league. Yeah, and we're talking about him because he did cross the 1,000-yard mark against the Chiefs and uh, having a tremendous season. Vic Fangio also said that he thinks that uh, Cortland is uh, one of uh, a few Broncos players he thinks should be in the Pro Bowl. Find out uh, Tuesday, I believe, Yeah, who makes the Pro Bowl. Vic also mentioned uh, Kareem Jackson and Justin Simmons by name. So he said there was a few other guys, but those are the three that he mentioned by name. So yeah, Corlin Sutton is a, a wide res- or is a quarterback's best friend, a guy you can just throw the ball up to when you're in trouble. He's really developed his route tree, I think, this season, and um, he, like you mentioned, he's a number one guy in this league. I mean, I think it speaks. It says the most about Corlin Sutton that when Locke threw that fade to him in the end zone and he didn't catch it, I was really shocked. Yeah, exactly. Because he had two hands on it, and that's normally where we see his power kind of overwhelm guys and unfortunately just had the ball too far out, and Tyron Matthew was able to knock it away. But he's caught almost every single other one of those passes this season, and so I think that says more about the player he is, you know, that – you're kind of surprised that he doesn't make that play. Yeah, and I think that the league is starting to take notice. They they know that, look, 14 is going to be a guy. Von Miller in his post-game press conference was, in his press conference after the game, said that, look, we got a star wide receiver on the other side of the ball. So I think that he's uh, um, established himself in this league. And think about what he's gone through since he's been in Denver. When he was drafted, the Broncos had Demaryius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders, and both of those guys are gone now, and he's the guy. In just two years. Yeah, and so, he was kind of the guy before Emmanuel left. I mean, he had more catches, more receiving yards, more touchdowns. He kind of took that over this offseason. And it, it'll be interesting to see how that offense builds around what Cortland's able to do. And uh, I imagine that they'll be interested in a wide receiver this offseason. Interesting to see if they go in the direction of another big guy or if they say, look, we got our big guy. Let's get a, a smaller, shift, shiftier kind of quick guy. Um, it'll be interesting to see, but it does seem like the Broncos are building these pieces where now they just got to fill in a, a couple of holes here and there. They got a tight end. They got a wide receiver. Now maybe they can just find some other weapons that can build around and sort of complement. Yeah, as long as whichever receiver they sign or draft, as long as that guy matches up with the Chiefs, then it's okay to take him. That's a good point, Eric. I like that. That's I a, thought you might. That's a really... That's a really point. good. Hopefully, he's faster than the fastest DB out there. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Maybe the Broncos speed should kills. just start signing Chiefs. Know, that speed, could be good. Speed kills. Did you know that? Maybe they should trade for Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey. You know who matches up well against the Chiefs? Who? Shelby Harris. Overall, Shelby's played pretty damn good. You know, he uh, had that game or two where he uh, his ankle was bothering him. You know, didn't play quite as well in those games. But uh, overall, he's played pretty damn good. 
That toss was pretty damn good, Phil. Thank you. I laid down the hammer. Yeah. I When uh, Vic Fangio says that someone has played pretty damn good, you know what that does? What does it do? That stops Ben Swanson from working on his crossword puzzle, and he just <laughs> looked up. He was like, what? What? <laughs> yeah. This is he, the first time he's hearing anything that Vic said. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, I take so what, much what you crap thinking, on this. What were you working on? <laughs> four, yeah, four, when Vic was in there. Four-letter word for... Oh, I'm on that Sunday oh, edition. You know, just oh, nothing but 20-letter words. And <laughs> Yeah, the clue was how Shelby Harris has been playing. <laughs> yeah, pretty and damn good. It. <laughs> Long, yeah. But he did have two sacks against the Chiefs. Made that's a snow sec- angel? I believe that's his second career multi-sack game. Second career two-sack game. Yeah, I think he's had some one-and-a-half. Technically, that's a multi. Right, but... One and a half as a multi-sack game. So oh, he's had, and he's had, he's some had of those? more than two of those. Oh, I think he's had got three. It. Kind of a technicality. Kind of weird, a half sack. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, what's just, even going on with you, that? Exactly, exactly. You should either, either just you, get one or you don't. Exactly. Vaughn almost had, uh, Shelby kind of took one from Vaughn. Yeah. Vaughn would have had two sacks. He's going to be like, I know Which is I a have, multi-sack game. They took it from me. I know I should have had eight. <laughs> yeah, where's that Vaughn? I miss that Vaughn. Yeah. That's Thursday, Vaughn. Yeah. Sunday, Vaughn, sad. After Introspective. Losses. Yeah. Yeah. He was wearing a chicken hat uh, to when he was, that met the media. Mean? It was like about a farm that like grew oh, some uh, I don't think you're supposed pasture. to. I think that's against rules. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. The camera was moving here in the studio. <laughs> I mean, Emily gasped. That's why Some Emily's mic. Always that's why her mic is usually no, off. I'm here to protect you guys. <laughs> yeah, that's why uh, Emily's mic is usually off. But uh, Shelby Harris, it's going to be interesting to see what the Broncos do with him because he uh, sort of had a uh, earn it type of contract this year, and he's gone out there and produced. Yeah, he has, and I don't know if since he was an undrafted guy, I believe it's kind of. He's got an interesting situation in terms of the tenders and how that all works. I think at this point, he'll be an unrestricted guy. Is um, he unrestricted? I could be incorrect. Maybe if somebody was here supervising this. Thing. Yeah, if only. I don't know if that's A good happening. supervisor would kind of you know expect that I wanted to know that information, you know? Maybe. Uh, but he's, he's a guy that if you can, I think you'd like to bring back. It'll be, well, they got a lot of questions that they're going to have to answer along that defensive line. I mean... You're he, talking about Derek Wolf, Adam Gotsis. He is unrestricted. Oh, you're right. Yeah. You should Naturally. have never had any doubt. Naturally. Yeah. Thanks for looking that up, Swanson. Um, and confirm. <laughs> I think as the season's gone along in particular, he's kind of grown into his role in Vic's defense. It seemed like he started out a little bit slow. I think when Purcell was, Mike Purcell was inserted into the lineup, that really helped Shelby because his assignments changed a little bit. Yeah, shifted over to defensive end. Um, probably able to use a little bit more of your, your quickness, speed there. You don't get bogged down as much in the middle. But, I mean, he had that big play against Houston where he batted a pass down to stop a fourth down attempt, two sacks. When, what was the other game he had two sacks in? Is that Indianapolis? I forget. Uh, he had a one-and-a-half. Well, he had a three-sack game against Minnesota and a one-and-a-half against uh, Cincinnati. Those are the only multi-sack games he's had. We didn't play oh. Cincinnati this year, so. Well, not this year. Then he doesn't have another one this year. Hmm. Interesting. But yeah, something like that. They're going to have a lot of uh, 
questions along the line there where they just have to decide whether or not they want to uh, bring back certain guys, Derek Wolf, Adam Gotsis, Shelby Harris. Harris. You know, and the the um, theme around the NFL these days is to have a big guy who can rush the quarterback from the interior. I think that's a big reason why they drafted Draymond Jones. They'll have to decide if uh, Shelby is that guy, that Chiefs kind of guy as well. Interior rushers, they it, ate it. You know, I think Shelby matched up pretty well there. He did, and we got to have guys like that. That's true. So maybe just really good matchup kind of guys. Twenty-two Shelby Harris's. You think he's fast are, enough to stick like with Tyreek Hill? Are you like Broccoli? Exactly. Yeah. So uh, that is our podcast going through Vic Fangio's day after press conference. We talked about a wide range of things. Von Miller's comments, Drew Locke, how the defense performed against the Chiefs, and then wrap things up with a couple of positives, Cortland Sutton and Shelby Harris. Oh, uh, Eric, I think you had – did you have something else to say? Well, just – Another thing Vic said that I guess you didn't deem important. Um, he was asked, what are the Broncos tough to play for this season? Oh, that's true. I was supposed to put that in the show. That was part of the rundown, wasn't it? Um, and he said, I missed that one. He said there's a lot of guys that a lot of teams that have been eliminated, they're still playing for something. Our guys are going to play hard. And sometimes I think that's just a little bit of, you know, like lip service from coaches. But I think the Broncos have shown all year – especially after starting 0-4, you could have easily gone in the tank. You could have ended up with two or three wins, one win, and instead they fought hard each week. Most of these games, with the exception of the Chiefs game here and in Kansas City, were close. could probably add that Buffalo one to the list. But with the exception of those three games, you've been in every game. The guys have fought hard. They've played well. And truly, I think there's something to be gained for next year if you're able to win these next two. So I think... uh, I have no doubt they'll play hard for Vic over the final two. Well, I think that there's three three things that uh, that they can continue to play for. If you're a guy who's about to become a free agent, you're playing so that you can try and earn that next contract. That dough? All of Shelby Harris. They got to go out there and play at a high level so that they're, look, look at my numbers from last season. So that's one thing. The second thing is young guys who are getting an opportunity to play, whether it's because of injury or you know maybe they're, it's their first or second year in the league. They're looking at this as an opportunity to go out there and get better. A guy like Drew Locke, you know, those type of players who are, they want to go out there and play well and get better and improve. And then the third is guys who are already good and that they really care about winning simply. Guys like Von Miller, Cortland Sutton, these guys... They don't have anything to go out there and prove individually, but they just want this team to finish up with an, on a positive note. Three reasons that this team should still go out there and play hard. Those are great reasons. Yeah. And there were three of them. And there was three of them. You know, things sound better in groups of three. Did you know that? It's I more, uh, it's more you know, pleasing. Did you know that that's three is the maximum... Uh, like if you saw a group of like three phones on the table, if you looked at those, you'd instantly know there's three phones. But if there's four, your brain has to count them. Really? Yeah. Three is the max number that you can just look at and recognize. How do you know so much about my brain? There's not a whole lot to know. I mean, it's a very <laughs> small subject matter. And so you know that that one thing. Yeah. Got it. Interesting. I know there's wow. that. And then there's this one section that just gets really angry and that's... That's the largest part of your brain. <laughs> <laughs> the medulla oblongata. Uh-huh. 
Yeah. Haven't you ever seen Waterboy? I have. Yeah. So you would know what I was talking about. You liar. Wouldn't you? You liar. <laughs> you just lied here to not just to me, but all of our listeners. Neutral zone nation. I would never lie to neutral yeah. zone nation. You are a liar. Thought it all helped right. me match Thanks. up with the Chiefs. Thanks for uh, <laughs> inserting that here at the end of the podcast. Appreciate it. That's true. Um, now we've reached that point in the show where we like to uh, check in with Swanson and see if we got any voicemails. We did get a voicemail. Really? It was uh, before the game, unfortunately. So it's not super recent. But we did get one. It was nice. Well, we got a lot after the game, but it was just mostly rage that we can't play on a family-friendly podcast like this. Well, did you keep, uh, you kept just, dialing the, the <laughs> call in line? I had a lot of time while we were just sitting on the tarmac. I could have. No, I was worried for everyone around you. Yeah. Yeah. Phil was just bored. He had no work to do. That's true. It, it is tough to be you, and you just you get done with your one video, and you're like, done for the day. How can you get better than perfection? You're like, that's time the, to watch the Irishman for... That's uh, what I'm just trying to wonder. You know? Better when than you've perfection. Reached, when you've got to the mountaintop, you don't have to climb anymore. You're at the, you're at the peak. Weren't you just saying something about the Broncos players who'd prove themselves and why they <laughs> should still play hard? I'm talking about myself personally. And I, I thank you. <laughs> Phil's I got like, that. <laughs> there are zero reasons for Phil to work hard. <laughs> I'm there. Well, his I'm contract's not contract's up. Not up. I like he's the view not a, up there. He's certainly not a young guy. I like, the, <laughs> I like the view at the mountaintop. Maybe someday you'll come up here and hang out with me. I could be so lucky. Phil's got yeah. tenure. Yeah. Anyway, we got a, a, a voicemail. Uh, what was it you were saying, uh, Swanson? Brian from Fresno in California. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brian, Brian called in from Fresno, left a nice voicemail. He uh, listened to the podcast where I was saying, I want to catch whatever it is Drew Locke had. And he can just uh, sneeze on your face. I, believe I said sneeze <laughs> on my face. I was like, what is this guy talking about? And then I remembered. <laughs> and, uh, and Eric said something like, we said that. And uh, the it's and true. Are you going to play the voicemail or not? Here's a voicemail. Here's a voicemail from Brian calling from Fresno, California. You know, you don't have to live in Canada or California to call in. If you want to call in from somewhere else, you can do that too. But we appreciate the, the callers we do get. It's funny how we're talking about Drew Locke being Buzz Lightyear and whatnot. Well, it's funny because this year we have Buzz Lightyear. Four years ago we had the sheriff, which I guess you could put in parentheses, Woody. So we had Woody before, and now we have Buzz Lightyear. So uh, curious to see who's next. Hopefully it's not at least, uh, hopefully it's not before about, you know, 15 years or so. I'd like to see Drew Locke play it out and uh, have a good uh, good career. He looks like he should be doing pretty good. And um, wish you guys all the best. And wish the Broncos all the best. Y'all take care. Bye. Thank you very much for that call there, Brian. Uh, Eric, uh, who would be next? Maybe like a Mr. Potato Head. Maybe oh, the dinosaur? I thought you were looking for like a, a name. Well, isn't oh, Alexander the Johnson the dinosaur? Well, yesterday he was a saber-toothed tiger. Mm. We know that. We know that, yeah. So, But I think he's saying... What was that sound effect? <laughs> Pretty good. Something like that. Good audio drop directly from Alexander Johnson right there. Thank you. Um I think he means, hey, we, hopefully we don't have another quarterback that we have to add to the Toy Story collection of quarterbacks. But it could be interesting to go through the current team and be like, who would be, you know, part of a Toy Story cast, you know? Uh-huh. 
Like, who would be Mr. Potato Head? You. <laughs> oh. Okay, that's all the time we have on this show. I think Alexander Johnson could be the dinosaur. What? Who else am I? What else am I little missing Bo there? Little Bo Peep. Yeah, Little Bo Peep. There's the pig. Yeah, Ham. Oh, yeah. Great character. Yeah. I don't slinky. know. You got names to oh, the go Slinky with them? Dog. Yeah, yeah the Slinky Dog. That's nice. You got names on the Broncos. That I go wasn't with those? prepared for this. Tune in on but Thursday. You're, so you're prepared for everything. Half of these are offensive. Yeah. Yeah. No one wants to be called to be the Mr. Pig. Potato Head. I think so. No, it he's is? funny. Yeah. I think he's, he's kind of a moron, isn't he? No, he's. I think he's. He's like, grumpy. He's clever. Charm. He's grumpy. He's got grumpy. a little bit of charm, though. He does. Yeah. Who would it be if you've seen Toy Story Four, the the fork or the spork or whatever it is? Please, no spoilers. Yeah. I'm not Forky. It. Forky. Yeah. I've not seen it, so it's not a spoiler. So don't worry. Who would be Sid? I know. <laughs> Who's gonna blow it up? Or Andy? Isn't a kid named his name's Andy, right? Yes. yes. Andy yeah. Yeah. is Buzz Lightyear's dad. <laughs> <laughs> In real life. Right. Yeah. 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 Kind of a weird twist, but who would have thought? Good good comment. Yeah, I guess the uh I mean maybe is Marshall Manning the next quarterback? In like twenty forty? Is that what you're looking for? Let's not put any pressure on the kid. <laughs> He's just a freshman. In high school. He's not that yeah. old. You're thinking of the other Manning. You're thinking of Arch Manning. Oh, I'm sorry. I was thinking of Arch Manning, <laughs> who's balling out in yeah. uh, New. What is it? New House? Uh, Isidore Newman, probably Newman. right. Yeah, Isidore Newman. Yeah. You love Newman. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, Marshall Manning, a little bit younger. <laughs> yeah. Because Arch he's so smart 26. that he's already in high school. Arch yeah. is probably going to declare in like 26 or 27. So he that'd be sign. that'd be way too soon. The Broncos yeah. won't be looking for a quarterback then. Yeah, that's true, huh? Probably about eight years. Too early, yeah. Six years. Yeah. All right. Well, well and uh, time for shout outs. Are you prepared for that? Oh, we gotta we gotta give the the call. Oh, the sorry. Call number. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. If Please. you would like to be heard on the neutral zone, be sure to give us a call. Seven oh seven neutral. That is seven zero seven six three eight eight seven two five. Or you can drop us a line uh just uh, in an text. Email. Yeah, in an yeah. email, neutral zone show at gmail dot com. Okay, and then can you say that one more time, but in a podcast voice? What's well, a podcast voice? <laughs> I don't like, think that. I just think like more like a traditional. Let's just try and see. Just do it, less, like do it to, less weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how I did if it weird. You'd but you'd like to this live a voice a, well and hear your voice on the neutral zone. Emily, you yeah. want to try? Is that, is that what I did? 707 neutral. Nope. <laughs> nope. We need podcast voice. Oh, this is a bad sign for my podcast career. <laughs> Emily? 707 Neutral or the Neutral Zone Show at gmail.com. No, no, no. I need the whole buildup. If I, you'd like to leave a voicemail. <laughs> if you'd like to leave a voicemail, you can call us at 707 Neutral or drop us a line at the Neutral Zone Show at gmail.com. Except there's no the in the just neutral, neutral zone. zone show at gmail.com. <laughs> that doesn't matter as long as the delivery yeah, it sounded is. sounded great. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's all that matters. Um, Emily's going to get more tweets now. More hate mail. Okay, can we do shout outs now or are we, is that allowed or? We can do shout outs. Have I forgot now, anything yeah. else? Well, no, no, don't be sh- mad at us for catching your mistakes. Uh, the community season is winding down here for the Broncos, huh? It's true. Yeah. The community almost over. 
Community is almost over. Yeah, they don't have no shout outs. <laughs> shout out Liz Manis. <laughs> shout out Liz Manis. Uh, Boys and Girls Club having a holiday party. Little shindig. Tonight. Um, I've seen the setup. It's very festive. Monday night. You don't know when. tonight. That's tonight. That's yeah, tonight. People might not be listening Finish to this it tonight. Monday. So. That's going to be Monday night, December 16th, the year 2019. Very good. Is that in case, what if somebody's listening to this like five years from now? That's true. Yeah, I should clarify. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're coming to you from Inglewood, Colorado, United States, well, North don't America. Give us, don't give out our location. Planet Earth. Oh, they're going to come Milky find us. Way Galaxy. <laughs> You're like, who's this guy we have to terminate? <laughs> <laughs> Phil with the good hair. Thank you very much, uh, Debatable. Bad, you. bad hair on Thank Sunday. You. Went through a journey. Nice. Can't all be Eddie Pascal. Um, that's true. Shout out to Eddie Pascal. He if didn't even answer you. That would be incredible. <laughs> yeah, he didn't even. If he was listening, he did answer. He a legend. Oh, he did. Yep. I didn't see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I heard that somebody's going to be playing Santa tonight mm. at this holiday party. Any guesses? Mm, maybe somebody we talked about on the podcast. Mm, that's a good hint. Maybe somebody Vic Fangio thinks. I knew it would be Tyreek Hill. <laughs> Gosh, that's probably not funny. <laughs> I knew it would be Travis Kelsey. There we go. That's better. Yep. Yep. So uh, does we'll wear just red, leave, I, guess. I think we'll uh, change the. T- does change. Santa match up well with the Chiefs, Phil? <laughs> Santa can do anything. He's really <laughs> fast. Yeah. You know what Santa does? He improvises where, you know, it's Christmas Eve and maybe there's a lot of fog outside and he can't get, he can't get that sleigh. He can't see anything he improvises makes a change at halftime boom rudolph you know he can get through you know tight spots yeah exactly chimneys and stuff exactly santa Uh, can do anything you know big body low center of gravity exactly exactly all right. Well, I think Steve Atwater is calling uh he wants to get in here so we gotta get he's calling 707 neutral that would be awesome. He doesn't have to leave uh, a voicemail because he can just come in here. That's true. All right, so let's wrap this thing up. Uh, we'll be back later in the week to do more of a preview of what to expect from the Detroit Lions game. Until then, for Ben Swanson, Emily Samanskis, and Phil Milani, you've been listening. Oh, sorry. Did you want to be included, you little grump? Sorry that you're just making mistakes left and right. And also, Eric Dalala, I'm Phil Milani, and you've been listening to The The Neutral Neutral Zone. Zone. Which matches up well with the Chiefs.